Welcome to the New Harvest Podcast. You are listening to part 10 of the First John Sermon Series. Today's sermon is called Burdens, and the scripture reading comes from the book of 1 John, chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. The Bible says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands, and his commands are not burdensome, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So I want to talk about uh, one of the greatest challenges that is facing mankind today, okay? Uh, losing weight. So according to the World Health Organization, the obesity rate has tripled since 1975. And in 2016, uh, it says that there's one, more than 1.9 billion people who were considered overweight. Uh, and when you kind of look around, you can kind of see that weight loss is big business, right? There's all sorts of new diets, uh, new exercise trends, uh, pills, supplements, a lot of new healthy organic food things with like zero sugar zero you know carbs zero zero calories everything like that. there's so many things that i can eat to lose weight right which seems kind of ironic to me right and and as you can see um it's also a great uh personal challenge um there are a lot of uh dress shirts that i cannot wear right now a lot of old dress shirts of mine because every time i wear them um, it looks like one of those scenes in an action movie, you know, like when someone's like hanging off the cliff and they're like, oh, grab my hand and they slowly start losing grip and then they fall down. That's what my, you know, my, that's what my buttons do. They're like holding on and then they lose. Um, and so I kind of understand this whole fascination with weight loss, right? Because I've gone through it. And so if you ever try to lose weight or if you try to get in shape, right, you know from experience that losing weight is hard. There's so many things that you have to do, right? Um, you have to uh, eat right. You have to exercise. You have to, you know, you can't eat carbs, which is basically everything that's worth eating. You can't have sweets. You have to get proper rest. And then, you know, you couple all that with the fact that you have work and school and then kids and all these other stresses in your life, right? It's like impossible, right? And so a lot of times you, you can start out really strong, right? You have a lot of motivation and, 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 and you can lose weight and then one bad day turns into one bad week and then you're right back kind of where you started, right? And other times, like no matter how much you work out, no matter how much effort you put into it, the weight doesn't come off. And it feels impossible. And so anyone who has tried to lose weight, I think, will know the meaning of the word burdensome, what that means. And being a Christian to me is a lot like trying to lose weight, right? You're trying to undergo this radical transformation, which requires great commitment and sacrifice, 
which seems nearly impossible. Right? So you have to give up, right? In both cases, you're told to give up things that you love, things that bring you pleasure, things that you feel like you can't live without. And then deep, deep down inside, you know you should give them up, right? These things are bad for you. These things are killing you. And then you're also told to start doing things that you hate, doing things that you loathe, things that you find strenuous, boring, and unpleasant, right? Things that are against your nature, but then at the same time, you know that you should, right? Because these things are good things. These things are right. And in both cases, right, it always seems to end in failure, futility, and disappointment. So anyone who has tried to be a good Christian knows how hard, how burdensome it can be. Right? But then John says here in our passage today, in 1 John 5, his commands are not burdensome, right? Which seems to contradict our own experience, right? He's kind of, he sounds like a personal trainer who lies. I mean, uh, encourages people to, to kind of push themselves. Oh, you can do it. It's nothing. It's lightweight. You know, you got to keep going. You're almost there and you're not even close, right? So our, in our own experience, right, we have found, right, that his commands are hard, and taxing and joyless. And so how, think about how many times you have given up on like spiritual disciplines of prayer and Bible study and things like that. Or how many times you've given up attaining the virtues of love and mercy and humility. How many times have you taken a break from church because it was just you know too much? Or maybe you go to church, right? But you have given up on seriously trying to live out the Christian faith, to actually do the things that Jesus commanded, because you find those things to be hard, that you find his commands to be burdensome. But John is not the only one that says that his commands are not burdensome. Jesus also said it too, right, in Matthew 11. Come to me, all you who you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And then you compare that with what he says about the Pharisees and their way. They tie up heavy loads and put them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Jesus declares that his way is easy and light, full of rest and comfort. Right? He gives rest to the weary, weary. He gives water to the thirsty. He feeds the hungry soul. When Jesus talks about the kingdom, he always says things like, the kingdom is full of sweetness and joy, full of fruitfulness and power. Right? When he talks about the, the parable of the sower, it's always like the seed that produces 30, 60, and 100 fold. But the way of the Pharisees is heavy and cumbersome. It's like a load a heavy load on people's shoulders. So what does it say about us when we have more in common with the followers of the Pharisees than with the followers of Jesus? Why do we find his way to be so heavy and burdensome? Why do we not find any rest and joy in being a Christian and doing our Christian duties and obligations? Right? Why do we only see his law as 
joyless duty and, 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 and tiring obligation. Right? Why do we find his commands to be burdensome rather than refreshing? So we're going to talk about that. Why do we find that God's commands to be so burdensome? So the first thing is, I think we find his commands to be burdensome because we're evil. Okay. So I remember I, I once I took out a friend of mine to work out. And this was like his first time working out. He never been to a gym. He never lifted weights. So I was like, okay, I'll take you. We'll lift together. Um, and so naturally, you know, I took him on leg day. And I remember it was a, it was a real fun experience. And at the end of the workout, he said, man, I'm so sore from working out. I corrected him. I was like, no. You're not sore from working out. You're sore from not working out, right? Because the problem was, was not that the workout was hard. The problem was that his body was not used to working out, right? So when we start down this path of righteousness, we'll find that the, the journey is very difficult. Everything will feel very unnatural, very challenging, like prayer and meditation, silence, solitude, um, all these kind of, you know, Christian practices will, will feel very hard to you. Like five minutes of silence will feel like an eternity. Your, your spiritual muscles will be sore from trying to perform these new spiritual exercises, right? And, and you will feel these new aches and pains that you've never felt before, new temptations that you've never wrestled with before. Right? So, so I want you to think about how hard it is for us to be righteous. Right? We have to strain and force ourselves to be righteous, force ourselves to be nice and humble and selfless. We have to try to do that. Think about how quickly we run out of patience and mercy for others. But then how quickly we get angry at some small, petty, insignificant offense. Oh, he cut me off. She says something about me at the grocery store. And then we just hold on to that, cling on to that. And then how slow we are to forgive things. Think about how quickly we lose passion for holy things. But how faithfully... We hold on to worldly dreams and worldly fantasies of, of being famous and, and rich and wealthy and respected by other people. But wickedness comes naturally to us, right? It's easy for us to be prideful. It's easy for us to be selfish. We don't even know that we're doing it most of the time. And we seem to have these like endless reserves of anger and hostility that they're always ready to be used, right? Because the, the truth is we're used to it. We're used to being evil. We're used to being selfish. We're, we're used to being prideful. So we have worked out these muscles so much that they're not sore anymore. But these new spiritual muscles, you know, muscles of loving and being humble, and being, you know, charitable and merciful, these are hard because we haven't done these before. So if his command is love one another and we find this to be burdensome, we find this to be hard, it just says you're evil and you're not used to being good. 
That's not your natural state. The, the second thing is, I think we find that his commands to be burdensome because we do not love God. Right? I mean, that sounds like obvious, but Jesus says, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And when you think about it, this is true for the rest of your life, the, the rest of your relationships. We obey those who we love. Right? Do we not obey our parents, even if sometimes what they want is completely against our will? Do we not do what our friends ask us to do? Even when it's like completely outrageous, completely foolish. Do we not do all sorts of crazy things when we fall in love? Right? When we like think we found the one, like, of course we do, right? We go there, we drive for hours to go meet with them. We, we talk all night. You know, like, hey, don't you have work? It doesn't matter. I just want to spend one more second with you. Right? Anything for my baby, right? It's no big deal. Anything for my best friend. Anything for my mom and dad. It doesn't matter how hard it is or how much it costs. We're like, I'll do, I'll do it for you. Because we love our parents. We love our best friends. We love our boyfriend or girlfriend or you know, husband and wife. We love these people. So we naturally do what they ask. Even if you don't want to. Even if you're tired. Right? And yet many Christians will say that that's not the same with God. We can love God without doing any of those things. We can love God without doing his commands, without doing what he asks us. No, that's not true, right? God loves us even if we don't obey him, right? That's true. God loves us even if we don't do his commands. That's grace. That's what that is. But we cannot say that we love God if we do not do his commands, if we do not Obey his commands. Right? So love lightens the load. Love makes it easy. But without love, even the smallest, simplest tasks become these heavy burdens. They feel so hard to do, so irritating. Right? This is why we obey our bosses because we love money. We don't love our bosses, but we love money. We love power. And who do we love Above all, who do we obey above all? We love ourselves. We obey ourselves. We never find our own commands. We never find our own desires to be burdensome. Only Christ. Only his commands. So, you know, so that's the second thing, right? We find commands, his commands to be burdensome because we're evil. And we find his commands to be burdensome because we do not love God. Right, And then the third thing is, I think you have to also think about this. You may think that God's commands are burdensome and they're really hard to do. But the burden of disobedience is greater than the burden of obedience. Right? Christians often talk about the cost of discipleship. That's something that Bonhoeffer made famous. The cost of discipleship. How following Jesus is costly. And, it, and, you know, you have to sacrifice things. You have to give up things if you really want to follow Jesus. But people rarely talk about the cost of non-discipleship, right? That when a Christian chooses a path of disobedience, 
he chooses a much more painful and difficult path. Because the weight of disobedience is a crushing weight. So, um, you know, Dallas Willard, he's a you know famous theologian, pastor. He writes, To depart from righteousness is to choose a life of crushing burdens, failures, and disappointments. A, a life caught in the toil of endless problems that are never really solved. So Jesus says, the pagans run after these things. So the pagans worry about food and clothes and money, what to you know, what to wear, what to what to eat, you know, about their house, about their future. But Jesus says, when you obey, when you seek the kingdom of God, all these things will be added onto you. When you believe, you will receive anything that you ask for, right? But it's all of this like. Constant running after things, worrying about things, worrying about the future, worrying about what's going to happen to me, worrying about if I, you know, am I going to get married or, or, you know, what's going to happen with this and that. That's what wears us out. Right? That's what causes the anxiety, the fear, the worry, the exhaustion, the, the stress of life. Right? Because we're constantly running after all of these other things. And we're trying to hold our life together. And I think in, in a lot of ways, we're like teenagers, right? Who want to move out of the house because I'm tired of my parents meddling in my business and telling me what to do and how to live my life. I want to be free. And then we go out, we find a roommate, we go into an apartment, and then we meet this roommate. And he's so selfish and dirty and he's entitled and he, he never is not considerate of, 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 our, of our living space and all of these things. And you, you find that roommate from hell, but then you also understand that he's just like you, right? And then, and then you quickly realize it's not so bad to live at home. It's not so bad to have home-cooked meals. It's not so bad to not have to pay for rent and, and bills and worry about all of these things. It's nice to have parents who sleep early and don't bother you and, and don't, don't make a mess in the house and then expect you to clean it up. And you realize it's not that bad. Right? It's not that bad to live at home under the rule of your parents. Right, because submission to Christ is true freedom. Right, because there's nothing more burdensome and oppressive than freedom. When you actually stop and think about it, that's the most terrifying thing—to be actually free, to actually have total, complete freedom. Right, because Americans, we talk about freedom. I want to be free. I want to, you know, have the right to do what I want and live life the way that I want, but that's not what we really want. We don't want real freedom, right? Because true freedom is anarchy and lawlessness. True freedom means that there's no rights for anyone, right? Think about how terrifying it would be to live in a totally free nation of no laws, no regulation. It means someone can murder you and take all your stuff if they want to because there's no protection. There's no rights. Right? Think about how crazy that would be. And so you may think that obeying God's law is burdensome and hard and, and restrictive, but it's also protection. 
Because do you know what's harder than obeying God's commands? It's trying to live without His commands. Trying to live without a moral compass. Trying to live without a guide. Right? Because if you don't want to obey God, then you have to be your own God and make your own choices and own decisions about what is good and what is right, what is true and worthy, and all of those things. And then you become your own king. And it's actually much harder, much more burdensome. You know, There's much more to do when you're the king. The servant is much freer than the king. Right? He has less stress on his life. Right? And so it's much better for God to be in control. It's much better for God to wear the crown. Right? A lot of times what really destroys us is this freedom. Because right? that's what paralyzes us. Think about how long it takes for you to pick a place to eat. Right? There's so many choices. I don't know what I want to eat today. Or what career to choose or what to do, you know, about this and that. And so there is a peace, a rest that comes from just simply obeying and trusting God every day and not really sitting there having to determine everything yourself. So now we're going to look at First uh, John 5, 4. We're going to kind of look at now this idea of how can we not be so burdened or how can we find God's commands not to be burdened so, so it says everyone born of God overcomes the world this is the victory that has overcome the world our faith so there was this kind of famous trainer right like fitness trainer and he was talking about why so many people can't lose weight or how many why so many people fail at losing weight because uh, if you ever watch those uh, weight loss shows like The Biggest Loser, right? during the show, they lose all of this weight. Most of those people, they all lose weight. And then once the show is over, most of them gain all that weight back. So he, said, he was kind of talking about why that happens, right? Like um, why people kind of always fail at this. So he says, it was the thing like you can't just add exercise to your life, right? Because your old life is totally incompatible and hostile to a healthy life. Because think about why, how they got fat was living that lifestyle, right? Not just eating those foods or not exercising. It's just all of those, their old habits and old things that they, that they were doing. He says, you have to think about it as, I'm not just exercising more, but I'm becoming a new person. Right, so in the same way, you cannot just add Jesus to your old life, right? Because it won't work. So the Bible says in Galatians five seventeen, for the flesh is the the sinful nature nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other. So your old life and your old ways of thinking and doing and and, and your old heart is contrary in conflict with the nature and the spirit of God that's living in you. So you can't just be like, I'm going to be the same person, do the same things, live the same way, but be a Christian. Like that doesn't really work. This is why you find the the commands of God always to be burdensome because you're trying to do things 
but you still are the same old person with the same old nature, and you haven't changed. So, Christianity is not about bad people becoming good people. Oh, I used to make bad choices, now I'm going to start making good choices. It's actually not even about being a person at all. It's about becoming what the Bible calls a new creation. Becoming something that the world has never seen before. Right, So the Bible says it is impossible for flesh and blood to enter the kingdom. It is impossible for men who are mortal, who are flesh, to enter the kingdom of God. So when Jesus asked his, his disciples to pray with him, uh, there's this scene in the Bible. Right? He's like, hey, well, you guys pray with me. And so as he was praying, the disciples kept falling asleep. And Jesus said to them, the spirit is willing. But the flesh is weak, meaning even though they were disciples and they really loved Jesus and they really wanted to stay up and pray with him, they couldn't do it. Because the perfect way is hard to the flesh. Right? The perfect way is hard to the flesh. Our flesh, our sinful nature, we can't do righteous things. Right? It's like asking a fish to fly. Right? No matter how hard the fish flaps its fins, it will not fly. Unless the fish it's transformed into a bird. Right? And so this is what that verse saying is, now that when we are born of God, we're no longer just flesh. We're no longer just men. We're, we've been transformed already into the glory and likeness of Jesus Christ. The Spirit of God dwells in you. Now you have a new nature, a new heart, a new self. You've become a new person who's able to love God and obey his commands who's able to overcome the world. And so now, as Paul says in Ephesians 4, you must put off the old and put on the new. And so like now, since you have already been made new, this is the, 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 the thing that you should be doing with the rest of your life. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds. And to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Right, so now he's just saying, it's not impossible, but you have to be transformed first, right? So, But God is not asking us to do impossible things. But he's saying, look... I've made it possible now where you can actually obey me and love me and love one another. Since we are no longer flesh, we're no longer sinful nature, but we are born of the Spirit, born of God, born of Christ. Right? Now the Spirit of God lives in us. Now we can do the things of the spirits. Now we have overcome the world. Now his commands are not burdensome to us. And so you have to think about that, right? Being a Christian. Um, actually, this morning I was doing a children's ministry and I, and I was just talking about, uh, do you believe in God? And one of the kids says, yeah, you just say, I believe in Christ and nothing happens. <laughs> right? And I, and I was like, that's true for a lot of people. That's how they think. You just say, I believe in God and nothing happens. Right? But John's saying, no, what actually happens, you're actually born of God. 
and you have overcome the world and you are able to actually live out this heavenly way, this perfect way, little by little. Right? So this is what it means to overcome the world. Okay? I think sometimes Christians confuse overcoming the world with becoming the world. Like a lot of times they, they take a passage like this and say, oh, we have overcome the world means I can make more money than my non-Christian uh, businesses. You know, I can be a better athlete and pro-athlete than my non-Christian. God's going to help me become the best. God's going to help me, you know, rise to the top. That's what it means to overcome the world. But no, uh, overcoming the world actually means separating yourself, detaching yourself from the world. In the same way, like if someone says, oh, I battled cancer and I conquered it, it means I've, I've removed cancer from my life. Not that I've become cancer, right? right? I've taken the disease, I've removed and separated it from me. And so this is in the same way that what it means to really overcome the world. I'm no longer living by my disease, sinful flesh. I'm learning to live by grace. I'm learning to live in the spirit. And what that really means is I've, I've learned to love one another, you know. And so this is how we can live in a heavenly way and live in a way that his commands are no longer burdensome to us, but refreshing and life-giving and joyful. Um, you know, and that's what I really want for you guys is to find Christianity to be refreshing, to find Christianity, uh, you know, living the Christian life to be a joyful experience. Because um, that's what it really is. That's what it. That's what Jesus promises that it will be. So let's pray, dear Lord. Um. We come before you, Father. Um, sometimes we forget who we are. We forget what has happened to us. We forget the grace that has been given, that we are truly been born of God with the power and the glory of Christ to overcome the world. I pray that uh, you remind all the people here today of the power of the glory of the Spirit of God that's in us, able to just lead us into a new life, to make us new people with new natures and new hearts. Uh, so just transform us, Lord, by your grace and help us to obey your commands. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Um,